Hey guys, it's Christina. This is Vox and Guest, and I am joined all the way from Montreal by Dam from Solé Noir. You want to say hello, Dam? Say hello to everyone. Hi. Hello, everybody. Very happy to be here with you. I am so happy to have you here. And, um, you know, you, I think, were, were really one of the first people that I met um, in the indie music community on Facebook when I got into it back in March or April. And I just was so touched by how kind and sweet and supportive you were even at the very beginning when I was brand new and nobody knew anybody and I'm so I'm so happy to have you um, on my couch so to speak tonight to, to chat with you and and I'm sorry that you are not joined by your brothers in arms but we should definitely mention Sub and Nico um, so why don't you begin a little bit just by telling everybody who's in the band and what each of you does all right, so I'm going to start with my bandmates, uh, my brothers, like you said. Uh, so <laughs> Seb and Nico are in France, but this is where we come from. I myself live in, in Canada now in Montreal, but the band is originally in France. Mm -hmm. so Seb and Nico are in France. Seb is playing bass and backing vocals, and Nico plays the drums, percussions, and backing vocals. And myself, I sing, play the guitar, and uh, the DJ we do, this uh, Australian Aboriginal traditional instrument. Oh yes, we're going to be talking about the didgeridoo a lot tonight. And what I love is that this is the first interview I have ever conducted where there was a didgeridoo present in the room. It is not a gigantic cigarette or anything, guys. When 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 Dom pulls it out, <laughs> pardon the expression, um, you'll see that he actually has a didgeridoo just off camp. Oh, here it comes. It is You're pretty. Look at it. You can't not show. It's so beautiful. Um, we're going to talk a lot about this. A lot, a lot, a lot. So. Okay, you're here, and I know that um, I just said how much I like you and, you know, um, how nice you were to me, but I cannot let you out of a very difficult, intense opening question. I ask everyone something really significant and personal and meaningful at the start of every episode, and you are no exception. So this one is this one is something that's really close to my heart so i hope you'll you'll dig deep and give me a, a really honest answer are you ready yeah okay so american movies love to do this thing where whenever someone is carrying a bag of groceries in the movie they have to have a baguette sticking out of the grocery bag and i'm wondering are the French, whether in France or in Montreal, wherever else, are the French legally required to carry a baguette at all times? Yeah, and like, if, if so, wait, this is a two-part question. If so, do you require a permit for said baguette? Um, I told you it was going to be hard. Yeah, so permit required, no, we're quite open-minded about that and we share, okay? But we're really conservative about the baguette. It has to be very specific specifically baked and mm. if you don't wake up in the morning early to go to the uh you know the bakery store and grab your baguette you're losing it you know this it's gonna be a, sh a very bad day no you so, can curse <laughs> okay you don't wanna you don't so what would that be in baguette de merde <laughs> a really bad baguette yeah so, shitty baguette. Yeah, yeah shitty baguette we do not but want that okay I, so actually i can have a question for you do you know why we carry open the baguette we open carry the baguette. Do you know I, why? I th it's usually under the arm, right? Uh-huh. I think it's because, and I'm probably wrong, but my guess would be as someone who bakes bread occasionally, that if you wrap the baguette, you will t accumulate too much moisture and the crust will get soggy. 
it's absolutely a good point, but it was more simpler than that. It's oh. because usually on the way back home, you're going to just tear up the top of the baguette <laughs> and eat it. So you need it to carry open it. I like that answer so much more. It is for easy access to consume the baguette. Yes, so it is. I would personally then buy two baguettes and have one that I intended to save for later and just a walking baguette that I took with me. I think <laughs> yeah. I cannot imagine how good real baguette, fresh baguette actually must be. But okay, so you are not legally required to carry them, but you generally do. Okay. Yeah, because you know, we, we want to be uh, like, uh, recognize uh, the French people. You know, <laughs> right. We need the baguette, otherwise it's... Uh, that's it working. because sometimes you don't have your beret sometimes you don't have a very small thin cigarette or you know um you're not miming in some way so how would anyone even know if you were french really really <laughs> look at this <laughs> marcel damso over here but okay so thank you for answering a, a hard-hitting question like that but let's get to the real stuff because i i'm not sure if you know but every episode of this show I listen to absolutely everything that I can find from the band. I, I read and I listen and I, so I have been through your entire discography and, or at least everything I could find. And I cannot wait to talk about Soleil Noir's music. I absolutely cannot because it is unlike anything I've ever heard before, but it is also reminiscent of so many genres, bands, um, you know, songs that I love you put everything together in a way that is completely unique and brand new. And I, I just, I have to dive into all this music with you. So I have a lot, a lot, a lot of questions, but before I get to those, let's go way back and talk to me about how you got into music in the first place. And specifically because you have this very interesting backstory about an adoptive Aboriginal family that got you into the didgeridoo and all this stuff. So I, I have the feeling your answer to this question of how you got started in music is going to be um, uh, unique relative to everyone else. But tell me how you began singing, how you began guitar and how you began the didgeridoo. Uh, so on the, on the Ben aspect, we started the Ben in 1993-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, we were just uh, all at school. I was uh, playing guitar and singing, and we had those uh, little music shop where they would sell those imported CDs from the States. And right. uh, we were at that time uh, of uh, French music but, uh, everywhere, and we were so, so amazed by this music. And this, uh, this shop, the, the, the man who was uh, uh, working in the shop, he was a drummer, and he knew that I was looking for a bandmate because I, I really liked the music and everything. Yeah. And he said, I know someone, uh, there's someone that plays drums and everything. So that's how it started. We met at this music shop and we were not in the same school, but this is how it started. We started one Wednesday afternoon because there was no school that day or something. <laughs> and uh, I like that you remember that it was a Wednesday. I like that. Yeah. So we, I went there and uh, it's just clicked. Mm. And well, but before we get to before we get to the band though, Dom, because I, I we we I like the whole story because I I know that that Solinoir has had a a long history and and you know there was a you know we have all this stuff to talk to about there, but just you as a person, were you a little kid when you started playing um, guitar? When you started singing? Um, you know, when when did you realize that you were a musician? So I I, um, I don't come from a, a, a musician's family, but when I was a kid, I'm the last born. And when I was a kid, I was very, uh, 
unstable when I was young, and my parents used to put me on the couch and put some classic music on, uh. and I would just remain quiet and listening to music for hours. And mm. this is how it started, I think. Then my my older sister, she um, she was teach a, a clarinet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I played the clarinet, so I, I know how that so, that's a, that's that's a that's a lot to teach. <laughs> yeah. So she was rehearsing every day in her bedroom, so I was listening. And, oh, okay. But the when it really started is when my older brother bring the full guitar at home, and, and it was from one of his friends, and, and of uh -huh. course I was not allowed to touch it. It's a <laughs> brother, and, and of course the first thing I did was touch it. Grab the guitar and. I remember the feeling of having this full guitar with probably jazz strings on it, and I, mm. I literally caught, cut all my fingers, and I was hiding my hand because I didn't want to show that oh, I played no. the guitar and everything. But this is <laughs> probably when I I, I, I I think of the guitar in a way that I was totally amazed by mm. this mm. strange instrument. I didn't even know it was an instrument. I could not understand that at that time, but <laughs> it was like there's something with that thing and that I want to go deeper in. Ah, so yeah. So okay, so you 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 stole your brother's guitar for a little bit, and then <laughs> at some point you must have gotten your own. Were you in school? Were you older? Was it after you finished school? And where was it? And, and and was was the band the first band that you were in? So I'm gonna start with the last thing you asked. Uh, the band I was in. Uh, uh, so I was not the first band I was in, but I had just one couple of a couple of months with two other people. We played okay. a bit of music, but it didn't work. And just after that, we started with so anyway. uh, About my first guitar, actually, uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, sometimes you want to share things, sometimes you don't. But I have nothing to hide. Uh, my dream. As a kid, was to be a jet pilot because my my dad was in the navy in France, and oh, wow. I grew up literally uh, on, on nearby uh, airplanes and things like yeah, that. Yeah, wow. So I did this uh, little uh, uh, concours. I don't know in English. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing some words. But That's you okay. you you can go in the school if you don't uh, make a, an exam. So yeah, I did yeah. I did an exam and uh, passed the test, and I was. Uh, I was admitted to that military school as a very very young uh, boy to literally tried to become a, a jet pilot. Wow. But I, I ended up, unfortunately, uh, uh, being quite bullied by all the people uh, for mm. several months till the time I literally escaped from the from the, from the the school. And um, after that, my dad uh, saw that he probably um, figured out that I was very sad about this story and I was uh, yeah. I was not not the same little boy or young boy anymore i was probably 12 years old 13 years old. Mm, yeah and he took me to a music shop and actually bought me a used guitar and wow. i still have this guitar it's a on an old fender new porter and it was in the shade full of dust and okay this guitar summarized everything to me about music because it's those little things you don't see in the shade with full mm. of dirt that can bring the most beautiful things and uh, uh to me it's really it's really the key component of why everything changed in my life but in a good way it was a very yeah. sad situation and my father who was uh, uh someone who probably did not want me to go through this uh mm. kind of uh lifestyle he mm. literally put me put that guitar in my hand so it's the the person who did it who make me uh being able to play uh, music yeah that's so beautiful i love what you said too that 
you know, it is the little forgotten things that we keep hidden away that tend to make the most beautiful art or the most beautiful expression of who we are. And you're, you certainly do that. Um, it's so, so, okay. So you, and I also love that your, your father went the other way from a lot of stories that you hear where, you know, a lot of kids want to be musicians and their parents are like, no, you know, you should get into a job or go into the military or something like that. And your father was like, here, take this guitar. Let's do this instead. Um, that sounds like a, that sounds like a very good dad. But so, and then at what point did you realize that you can sing so well? Uh, I think uh, I haven't figured out so far. <laughs> oh, okay. I, 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 I don't consider myself as a singer because I have no technique. I never, I never took any any lessons. Or, uh, that, you know, in in this modern world, yeah. But you know, in this modern world, where you when you're always uh, um, overwhelmed by all those standards or things or perfection every, everywhere, you mm -hmm. know, you're like, oh, this is what is what a singer is. And a lot of a lot of young generation probably that's why there's there's so much down with that because uh, they yeah. feel that they see something that is not accessible for them because it's not reality that's right um, so singing to me was just that i think i'm not too sure but i think when i start playing the guitar uh first of all i didn't know uh, notes and chords and things like that like a lot of us when we start right but for me uh what i did to try to understand i would turn on the radio and i would uh, listen to the radio and try to reproduce what i could hear great and, but Quite soon enough, I started to mimic the lyrics of the uh, English song that I wouldn't have no clue about the words. What the words were, this. right? <laughs> That's how no. I sing along to your music, Dom. It's the same thing <laughs> so, in the yeah. other direction. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think this is how it started. Yeah. Okay. Because I want okay. I wanted to uh, to understand how I could reproduce thing by hearing it, mm. and this is how it happened. Mm -hmm. And after that, with the band itself, when it started. Uh, I, I actually wrote some lyrics, so naturally I was taking the mic, but there was no really decision about it, it's just the way right. it happened. And okay. Yeah, but I, I learned the hard way because uh, I'm definitely not a singer on, on, uh, on the first, uh, you say that? at first I'm not a singer at all. Also learned from years, years, years of being like bashed by people when I was on stage because I was not singing very well, you know, and it's all about learning and learning and learning and it's been a long process. So, yeah. I really, that, that kind of thing makes me so angry because it's, there are so many people who are wanting to make music, make art, you know, make literature, whatever. And people come in and will say one thing one critical thing, one harsh thing, and it's always unnecessary. And how many people never try again, you know? And I mean, not everybody has the wherewithal that you do to just keep going and ignore all of that shit, you know? Um, but I just, if you're out there and you're watching and you're the kind of person that puts people down for making any kind of music or art, we don't Think like- twice. That's it. <laughs> fuck up nobody wants to hear from you because if you're not an artist you're a critic and nobody buys records or books from critics because you suck so anyway so i'm so glad that you ignored all that down because we, we have you now we have your i call you a singer because you are a singer you may not be a trained singer but there is a difference between those two things and honestly you know and we've talked about this on this show before i think perfection can ruin the heart 
of art sometimes. It's it's in that, as as Ian from Trickshaw calls it, the human element. Um, I think that's where a lot of people find their home. So what I want to do before we go any further, because in the chat, people have most likely been clamoring to hear the song, 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 song. You, you have so many, um, but we are only going to be able to play one today. So why don't you tell us a little something just before we go to, um, to the video for Rien à faire, uh, which means nothing to do. Um, tell us a little bit about the song and then we'll come back and we'll talk a lot more about it. All right, so Rien à faire, like you said, means nothing to do, but in a way that, uh, uh, not that I'm bored, there's nothing we can do about it. That's what it right. talks about. And yeah. uh, literally it talks about someone who is a night hold, a night watchman, someone that doesn't sleep that much. So mm -hmm. when everybody goes to bed, he's going to start seeing things that happen in the back of people that are normally sleeping. Mm -hmm. This is where everything happens, where all the pieces of the puzzle get together and you understand the big, uh, the bigger picture, mm -hmm. which is uh, maybe we're getting out of democracy. Maybe that freedom we think we have, we don't have mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're manipulated in a way. And it's actually feeding the insomnia of that person and mm. it makes being, being more awake. And yes. in, the, in the chorus, this is what it talks about. It said, um, I'm insomnia, I got paranoia, and uh, it's, a, right. it's a spectacular conspiracy. And, right. But the idea behind that is um, we're very good, we're very at ease, but at the same time, we speak to each other like we are, like we are wolves. Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> dogs. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a, a representation of the tiny balance of life where love could always win, but it's so easily crushed by those kind of manipulation. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm being paranoid or at all, but uh, you know there are subtle things that subtle things that happen every day and. Democracy is an old concept that uh, I still wonder if it really happened one day in, on this planet. Hmm. Hmm. Guys, I mean, I know the lyrics are in French, <laughs> so it's going to be um, trickier for you guys to understand. Maybe we'll find a way. I'll probably be pasting the English translation into the chat so people can read it as they listen. But um, wise words even if you don't understand them right away from Solenoir let's play Rien Affair
So this song, um, it opens the EP, ECIO, which means uh, what, here and elsewhere? Yeah. Okay, so I'm um, sorry, my, for anyone watching at home, Dom and I had this discussion before we, we actually started taping, but my French is very old, and very bad, and very rusty, <laughs> but I think I get, I get most of, of, of what I need to hear, but um, you can obviously, and please do correct me, Dom, when I'm wrong, and I'm sure I will be, but... This song, um, besides what you said so beautifully about the lyrics um, and this idea of, you know, the metaphor of a night watchman and someone who's always awake watching people who are kind of lulled into this somnolence of, you know, taking whatever they're given and not really assessing what's going on around them or connecting to people in any real way. This album and this song it's a real precursor to me for everything that comes on Alternative later. Um, but you have a lot of themes that you touch on throughout the EP, throughout both albums. Um, and one of them is um, that the lyrics are all, first of all, they're so beautiful. They're so poetic. Um, just little phrases that you use and, and, and little um, you know, ideas that you have and ways of expressing yourself. And, and it's always a little tricky because I know that, especially in my rudimentary translation, I'm probably missing even more of the poetry than, than I'm getting. But um, I love the way you express things that, you know, a lot of us will talk about, but maybe not say in such an eloquent way. But all of your songs, all of the lyrics are saying something meaningful. Nothing is a throwaway lyric. Nothing is... Um, silly or pointless or just in the service of the song. But another thing that I noticed with Rihanna Fair that is, you know, the first of many to to do this in, in your catalog is you have this very ominous kind of um, tribal, whispery intensity to the music, especially the way that it opens that song. And then, of course, the didgeridoo. And we didn't get to it um, before the song, but I wanted to make sure that we touched on your relationship with the instrument because it's, first of all, it's a fascinating instrument. And I mean, it has such a specific history, um, you know, ab Aboriginal history in Australia. So talk to me before we get any further in, in terms of the music about how you came to the didgeridoo, as much or as little of that as you wanna share. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so I remember, I've I think when I turned 17, uh, I went to Scotland to see my sister who I moved 
out from the house and uh, decided to have a little hippie life in Scotland. She was living <laughs> in a teepee in a quarry in Lawrence. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was like a little tribe community. And uh, wow. they got this beautiful festival in Edinburgh uh, called the Fringe Festival. Uh, there's a lot of artists in the street and they all play mm. theater, music, uh, circus. So we spent a day that day in, uh, in the town during that festival time. And there were people playing this instrument in the street. And it was the first time I heard this. Mm. And I was really amazed by the song. I, I, I immediately said, oh, okay, I, I need to learn how, how to play this. I want to try. Wow. So I did. I was with those people. They let me try. And uh, I was about to make a couple of vibrations, very simple things. Wow. So when I went back to France, uh, I, I, uh, I read a little bit about it and I knew that it was like more than an, an amplifier of your mouth and yeah. vocal cords. So any kind of tube could be a didgeridoo in a way. Right. That's what I thought at that time. So I cut a piece of bamboo and that was my first didgeridoo. Okay. And this is how we started with. But immediately as I was already playing with Soleil Noir, uh, I bring that to the rehearsal yeah. area and we started to add it in some of the songs we would play at that time. So it, this is about the instrument so cool. itself. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I, I, I love it because it's not something you hear in a lot of, you know, kind of alt rock music. Um, <laughs> you don't hear a lot of didgeridoo, but it, the way that you use it in the songs is is fascinating to me because sometimes it almost sounds like a talk box you know, um, it, like the, the guitar effect with the vocals. Um, sometimes it sounds like more of just a drone. Sometimes it's more percussive. And I just, I love that you layer it in in a way where it gives this sort of smoky atmosphere to the songs. Um, but it's not distracting and it doesn't feel out of place, which is kind of remarkable. And of course, so, you know, researching for the show, I, I kind of went down the, the rabbit hole with, with didgeridoos a little bit. And I mean, so there are two ways from what I can gather roughly to play it. There's one where you're just sort of, as you said, kind of vibrating your lips in sort of a drone. And then there's the more circular breathing kind of technique, which I gather takes a lot more time and practice and, and is a lot well, more to learn. So how, how do you play your didgeridoo? Uh, I can show yeah. you very easily. The song might not be very good, but just to understand the concepts yeah. behind that. So basically, for Aboriginal trans people, first of all, this is not an instrument for Aboriginal trans people. It's a sacred connection uh, from the ancestors to the living ones. Mm -hmm. uh, the titrated player is connecting the living and the dead. That, mm. That's basically what it is about. That I can tell not too much about it because it's a bit too sacred. And, you know, in the Aboriginal trans belief, there's men business and women business that we don't talk about. Okay. And and uh, it's very well balanced, actually. It's not something that could be uh, understood in a Western mm. point of view. Mm. But uh, the idea is the didgeridoo is the main business. So there's things that I can say, I can right. talk about as an instrument. But when it comes to more sacred things, it's a little bit more quiet. Understood. Um, just to finish the story with this instrument, after a couple of years playing, I actually just by accident met an Aboriginal family in Europe. They were uh, showcasing for uh, for an event, they were invited to represent the culture, and we connected together. And I actually went back to Australia with them, and this is when everything started. Uh, this instrument, if you see that as an instrument, it's just an amplifier. An amplifier. It's just a hollow mm -hmm. piece of wood, 
And what you're going to do, you're going to put your lips on it to make a vibration. This is the first fundamental sound. By pinching and opening your lips very gently, you're going to mm. move with some vibration with frequencies. Okay. This is still the lips vibrating, only the lips. Then you're going to add your tongue to play some rhythms. Okay. And then you can add your voice, your vocal cords behind everything. Right. And then... Oh, cool. Everything is about breathing. And right. circular breathing is actually the way you play this instrument. Mm. It's a non-stop thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to go into the detail with that, but this is how you can totally, when you understand the breathing uh, concept with this instrument, you can probably stick this instrument to any kind of music because the rhythms are not mo no, no longer a barrier. Mm. You can play anything when you breathe. It depends on how you breathe. Actually. Amazing. No, it's amazing. How long did it take you to become proficient to the level that you are with the didgeridoo? I'm sure you're going to tell me that you're not and <laughs> all of that like you did with the singing. But when did you really, you know, how long did it take you to really get to that level of comfort? Because it's, it's, that's not something you can just pick up and play correctly and certainly not for very long because most people need to actually breathe <laughs> occasionally. Yeah. So I think I would compare it to a language. You're going to mm. learn a word every day, get more confident, get more mm. uh, in the pace, and you're going to be able to start a little sentences. And the more you talk about it, you're going to have more complex structures and things like that. This, this is, I think, the way it's uh, the, the best way to understand how it can evolve in the process. But in my own story, there's the instrument before the Aboriginal people, and then the Yidaki, the didgeridoo Yidaki after uh, being with my adoption family mm. and everything changed at that time and mm. everything became different the way I would understand the reasons the meaning in the reasons mm. the tradition that goes with certain sounds the places it talks about when you play some sort of rhythms uh, the memory it brings and uh, when you play the Yidaki uh, you become part of a something that is really bigger Mm. And uh, this is the kind of connection you can make. And uh, I know I'm very far from my brothers and sisters in Australia right now, but every time I'm going to uh, start playing the Yidaki, we're connecting. That's yeah. really how we see it. Yeah. And I like the fact that you talked about the, the, the tribal aspect, the reasons, thing like that yeah. in our music. And this is the structure that uh, this family brings bring us okay I, I carried would be bringing back back to the band right and this is the legacy from the from this family yeah oh it's beautiful no I, I and it's funny because you know for a lot of Americans you know our, our main association with the didgeridoo is like the Outback Steakhouse commercials you know and it's so stupid nobody understands what it means and and again I, I wanted to be able to speak at least vaguely intelligently with you about it tonight and so I did start looking into it and I got really fascinated by what I was reading. I mean, that 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 the termites are boring the trees, these very specific trees. And then, you know, that there's usually this 
flared bit at the bottom there and that will change how the sound carries and it's not just like a tube and then there are all these non-harmonic spacings and like it 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 made me realize how much more there is to both the sound the production of the sound and the meaning behind the use of and I, you know now i feel <laughs> sort of like i'm i'm saying something unfortunate by calling it an instrument but you know for 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 our purposes but but just using it that like you said it's it is a it's a connection to the people who are here the people who are no longer here and 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 that there's so much meaning to that you know and and i think that it's um it's just fascinating to me that that you've brought that and and really again i think part of the reason that i got so into your music so quickly is because first of all it's just very good but secondly because you and sub and nico are very smart about surrounding the didgeridoo the vocals and everything with musical elements that that make it more a part of of everything else that's going on in the song so you know um you have a couple live videos on your youtube channel and it'll just be you and nico jamming out for you know a couple of minutes at the end of a song you know live on chant or whatever and it, it is mesmerizing to me you know watching him on the bongos and then you're there playing the didgeridoo and it's just there's this hypnotic um and it's funny because what you're telling me explains how it was resonating with me no pun intended as i was listening to it without really understanding why there's just something so beautiful and primal and and meaningful about the sound to that you know and 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 really leaning into that and then and then you know guys you know just for 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 the record then you will listen to another song by Solenoir and it is like a straight out rocker Dom is practically rapping on the thing like so there it's it's their music is so many different things and it's why I'm reluctant to assign a genre to it but do you guys consider yourself to belong to a particular genre or are you not interested in labeling and limiting in that way so you know that two eras in Solenoir we had the band started in 1994 yes 2008 and then we're back at it since last year and it's yeah. been like 12, 14 years in between. Yeah. Um, so many things have changed since. And I tried to self-reflect to this era in 1994, mm. you know, mixtapes, CDs and envelopes to send to radio stations. Right. Struggling with lyrics, uh, struggling with translation when we were listening to our, our, our favorite bands, not being able to find the lyrics and not being an English speaker. Right. Right. Fluent one, not understanding why my what my idols were talking about. We're that saying, was, right. That was really hard, but the, the, I think we just, we did go with the flow uh, because we were very curious. Mm. The thing I can tell you, Christina, is that since day one, when we started this project, we were beginners, but we knew already that we didn't want to make covers. I don't know why. We did some. I mean, mm -hmm. we did some Foo Fighters, some Pixies, some... Mm. Uh, you know the gun machine the kind of band that we really enjoyed yeah but it was a, a life um life need to to being able to to create yeah. something together yeah. even if it was messy misorganized not uh <laughs> not well yeah. organized in terms of rhythmic something like that yeah we yeah. wanted to do us 
Right. And we we don't have any kind of pride telling that we're doing our own music and it's us. We just passengers here. Everything yeah. has been done before and we are very <laughs> grateful for that legacy. Hmm. But in a way, I think we assume who we are and that makes what what's the story is about. We just are Damsab and Nico and there's nothing yeah. else we need to talk about because we don't try to be someone else. Yeah, just yeah. us with our strengths and failures and good things and mistakes and mm -hmm. it's okay it's fine so that that's what the music reflects uh, yes of I think I I agree I do and and I think that you you guys so again we will we'll, we'll get to the you know the specifics I mean you've, you've pretty much stated it that you guys were together for 14 years um, and, and we're doing very well touring and you were on the radio and, 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 you know, the band had a lot of success and then you took a break for a little while that turned out to be 12 years or so <laughs> um, mm -hmm. you moved and, you know, life happens and that's the way that it goes. And then, you know, you've reunited now, which I'm, I'm so happy that you have, but I mean, your music from the outset was, very definitely you um you know i didn't hear i mean i don't know um you know i mean the, the first thing that's available was really from you know 2008 so at this point obviously you'd been together for a very long time and some of those songs were were, were obviously what you were were touring on and everything but i didn't hear much difference in the sense of it didn't seem like you guys were struggling to find your voices at the beginning that you weren't lyrically on point that you weren't um you didn't have a sense of what you wanted your music to be and i think in light of what you just said that you three just bring yourselves to the music and you are yourselves and then the music becomes whatever that is it makes sense to me that you would be able to do that pretty immediately but i mean the music is it's complex and there's so many elements to it and i i find that fascinating i mean i I hear playing with rhythms, I hear playing with tempos, I hear different voicings from you, I hear a lot of longing and an urgency to kind of shake people and wake them up in your lyrics. Um, you know, that seems to be a recurrent theme of just, you know, we'll take whatever you give us and, you know, we'll just be happy with that and we're kind of just going along and like, there's more, there can be more, you know, yeah, we're all engaged with each other, but we're sitting there staring at the TV and we don't really speak to each other and we're not really paying attention to each other, but like, let's actually connect and say something of meaning, you know, we're so divided, but we're, we all have the same fears, you know, and, and if you look at someone else through their eyes, you can learn about them and learn about yourself. And again, guys, I know it's going to be a little bit of heavy lifting, with a band that has, and not all of the songs are in French. There are a couple in English, so you guys will have a little bit of a, <laughs> of a, of a Duolingo break there. But I mean, you know, it is worth looking up what they're saying. And maybe you guys have an English translation somewhere. I don't. You, I, I, I didn't find it. If you did, but I mean, the, the, the lyrics are really powerful. You know, and is that all you writing the lyrics, or are the three of you involved? So. Um I'm the one writing the lyrics, but um, it's because 
I've been able to develop such a good chemistry with Bob and Nico because mm -hmm. we literally grew up together and right. uh, we know each other so well and we have struggled in so many ways together. And we come from quite modest family, the two of us. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we have lots of time I had to choose between a meal and a pack of strings, mm. thing like that. So it really uh, kept us together in the, mm. in the hard mm. times. And for that reason, there's a lot of trust from Nico and Sab about my, my writing process. Okay. And they, they really don't, uh, don't put any pressure at me if I'm, you know, not really uh, writing a lot. I mean, I, I'm not an organized person in writing. I'm not Victor Hugo doing pages and pages, everybody. <laughs> That's not me. Um, there's a lot of self-reflection and a lot of thinking. So mm. those words shapes, uh, take shape and forms in my in my brain. And mm. the the pencil, the, the 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 pen and the paper is really, really the last last thing that's gonna mm. happen. Uh, usually the text gonna be quite advanced when it's first put on okay. paper. Um, so yeah, uh, I I write the lyrics, but uh, I ca I can't say that it's a me process. It's not, <laughs> but we don't really talk about it. It huh. just happens. Okay, so I mean, when you're writing a song, do you begin with lyrics? Do you begin with instrumentation? Does it depend on the song? How did how did you put together like a again affair or any of them really? Like what what what's the songwriting? song building process among the three of you? What's a big mess, first of all? <laughs> <laughs> There's no recipe, uh, it's very instinctive, mm. and uh, so could came with the best line, like uh, ECIR, for instance, which is a low song in the, in the EP. Mm -hmm. uh, it, that's his work. Uh, Nico can just bring just one rhythm, mm. make a little uh, loop of that rhythm when we were rehearsing at that time, and, and we're gonna build something about it. Or I'm gonna, come with a guitar riff or even a digital uh, rhythm. Mm. So there's a lot of different things, but it's all about the connections. Yes. It's not about the, a very strict and drastic um, creation, creative process. And for the lyrics, I would say that it usually comes after the music. Okay. Uh, because it guides us into the acceptance of the story itself that's gonna mm. happen. And it's, it's not that the lyrics does not inspire the, the, the writing. The lyrics uh, help, uh, how can I say that? The lyrics would help to define a bit better those foggy ideas in mm. our heads, probably. It gives us structure, but not guiding right. the way we should write. Just like, this is where we are now. What's okay. in your mind somewhere that belongs to that story? Okay. That's okay. probably how I see it. Yeah. So it, it sounds like they the music informs the lyrics and the lyrics inform the music back and forth, which and, and it sounds to me like too that you're you're saying that um you know it could is it almost like, you know, Nico starts playing something like ECIO and he's playing a rhythm and you you guys are sitting in the room with him and are you I mean not anymore, but you know, building you know, like, oh, hey, you know, you keep playing that and then you would put a guitar riff over it or are you writing these things separately? I mean, now I imagine it's it's a little bit different, but you're putting your new music together. But this is this is the stuff that came when you were all in the same state as a country, rather. So I, I imagine the process was a little bit different. But so 
just so you know, we made decision at that time, I think it was uh, just after our alternative went out, because actually alternative came before ECIO. Alternative really? was released in 2003. ECIO, oh, of course, of course, was 2008, ECIO, was it? Yeah, ECIO was actually a, right. a, a EP that would have bring us uh, some uh, exposure to uh, try to get to another level with an album. Mm. So it did not happen at that time. We were exhausted and this is why we stopped. We yeah. were broke. Yeah. We were, uh, I was homeless and uh, Nico was getting really in trouble with this uh, uh, love story. He had to, to make the choice. He did and we respect him for that, of okay. course. It was the best decision he could have made. Okay. There was a lot of story that led to stopping after right. being so consistent from 2003 to 2007, mm. well, we literally dropped from everything and we started rehearse like five hours a day. And so this this what you described, uh, how you, you thought it could have happened, that's actually how it would happen all the time because we would spend hours together. Okay. Every okay. day, hours, hours, wow. hours, and playing and, and trying things and we know each other that we are not very good individual musicians we're not technical we don't have that big knowledge of music but what we know very well is that when we combine those three of us together we're gonna find a way to sound yeah authentic and to sound like it actually means something and so you know you we were talking about perfection earlier when you start looking for perfection but you like look more for commitment and uh, mm. and connection this is mm -hmm. where beautiful things start and exactly this is exactly. what guided us to uh first of all alternative in 2003 which was when i went back from australia with all that new legacy injected in it and we did that album and after that we were ready to go to the next step so ECIR becomes more complex in a way mm -hmm. but very less charged with a lot of music there's much less ingredients in a way when you listen to the sound mm. of this EP because we realized that the less we would put in, the more authentic it would, it would become. So there's a lot of fundamentals into that process that we wanted to respect. And as we were growing up into that process, it, be, it became obvious that uh, we didn't want to do less, but there huh. was need for much more room and space and breathing. I, I okay I'm 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 processing that as you say it because it's it's interesting that and I think it's why I ended up misspeaking because ECIR is definitely more spare you know you've kind of boiled down the essence of the band and the music but it's not that it's simplistic it's just simpler um but <sighs> alternative is such a I mean, man, first of all, you know, for, for a first thing that you put out, you know, <laughs> you had well, what? There, there, there were, well, I mean, a the, first thing that you have out on Spotify, I, at least. Yeah, there were, there were two demos before that. There was, there was a, a, a five, seven pieces uh, released in 1996, oh. which was literally recorded live, and it's just not listenable. It's something... <laughs> It's like it's the first CD we like. That's why paid, I couldn't find it. Okay. <laughs> paid for that CD and everything, and then we did the four pieces in 1998, which was mm -hmm. a very short, uh, more hardcore metal era when we mm -hmm. really experienced things much more brutal. 
What did you do at that time? <laughs> and then we went to, I went to Australia and everything changed. And so for Nico 7i, the, the really beginning of the story is alternative. This is yes. where everything's really made sense at some point, everything connected. But it, it's such a strong album. I mean, it, and, and it's interesting because as I was listening to it, I, this isn't, and I don't do this very often, but I restarted most of your songs at least once after I'd gotten a minute, three minutes, in some cases, four or five minutes into it, because you have some songs that are, you know, six, seven, eight minutes long, because I wanted to, I wanted to hear it again, having just heard it. And I can't really explain why that is, but it was because sometimes the mu and and this is all complimentary by the way because i'm going to be fighting my brain to express this in a way that gets across what i was feeling which is very difficult to do um but so as i say it badly know that it's all intended to be positive things that i'm saying so bear with me here but like you know i i, I so i'm listening i'm hearing rage against the machine i'm hearing red hot chili peppers I'm hearing Paramore. I'm hearing um, like um, down with the sickness in certain spots. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm hearing so many different bands. And again, it's not that you sound like that. I always tell people when I mention bands and I compare to songs or, or musicians, it's not because it's a derivative. It's just, oh, you know, my brain lights up and goes, oh, wow, this sounds like, you know, this song that I love or this part of this song that I love or the way that this band usually does things that I love. And, but as I said at the beginning, I've never heard all of these elements put together the way that you do. And then you add the didgeridoo, which I mean, it just, sometimes it's so subtle that it takes you a while to realize that it's not you singing or a background or something else, like a, even a synth or something. It's that it's the didgeridoo, it's just in there. Sometimes it's very front and center. Um, but then, I mean, even the way that you are, I, I, and I think really what, for me, what, what makes the music stand out so much is, as I said, the lyricism is beautiful, Dom. It really is. And I mean, even the way you guys got your name, you know, um, I knew when I saw it, Black Sun, fine, but you didn't just come up with a random, you know, phrase or whatever. This was from a poet, right? Um, uh, El Dizdichado, the, the, right. Gerard de the, the unfortunate, right? So this, this line, and I'm not even going to try to butcher it in French, but the idea being like, you know, that, 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 you know, my only star is dead. My only star has died, you know, and my starry lute carries the black sun of melancholy. And how beautiful a phrase is that, right? I mean, it's got so much in it. And I feel like for your band, it's a perfect, first of all, I hope I got the translation at least remotely right, but, but it's a perfect lyric. It's a, it's a perfect, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a line from a poem, but it could be a Sole Noir lyric. It's that similar in aesthetic to what you are writing about and the kind of music that you make, because it does have a lot of melancholy. It has so much emotion and passion and intensity. And what you are saying is, in a lot of instances, heartbreaking. You know, it's 
we have lost each other so much in life. You know, we are surrounded by people all the time. And yet in a lot of ways, I don't think any of us has ever been more alone. You know, we're connected to people through technology all the time. Everyone's always on their phones, on their social media, whatever, but nobody's saying anything to each other. Nobody's communicating and nobody's, as you've said, connecting. And I think that now as I'm, cause as, as I've said to Greg, you know, 30 something times at this point, I often don't understand exactly how I feel about the music until I start talking during these interviews and I'm processing it with you. And I think it's why I fell in love with your music from even before what I, what I knew, because there is so much connection built into it. There is so much honesty and vulnerability and authenticity, you know, and I mean, your, your, your lyrics are, they're gorgeous. You know, the idea claws of chimera and, you know, um, uh, sketches on the skin and just all these little throwaway phrases. And again, I might be butchering the translations, but they're beautiful. And it, and I, as, as somebody who ostensibly at least is a singer, I always listen to vocals and lyrics first. Right. And so I had a little more work to do to, to get my French up and running, but like, I, I was really taken Dom, by what you write, you know, and if all that you had succeeded in doing was writing beautiful lyrics, I would have still loved the music, but the music is beautiful too. And this is why, like guys, this song that you've heard, Rihanna Fair, fantastic song, one bit of what Sole Noir does, you need to listen to all the other stuff because it's all different, but it's, there are those through lines. So I don't really have a question. <laughs> I just wanted to say all those things because I, I'm grateful that you're making music, you know, and again, obviously I know that these are older songs, but you're, I'm sure you're still in, and the new things that are, that are coming will be in this vein, I'm sure. But you, you, as, since you've been making music, you've been making music with these goals, connection and authenticity and meaning and communicating and and is there anything in that that you found that has either given you experiences with the band that you don't think you would have had or do people tend to miss it like are people are you getting that sense of connection from people through the music i mean i know live you at least must have because you know you had a lot with the crowd they were in it with you i could tell well there's a lot of things in what you said that yes <laughs> That, that, I talk a lot, Dom. I do. No, but you talk in essence, so you could talk. I was it would be an essence of something. So thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you uh, for what you said. It touched me. Aww. Um. What can I say? That this music stayed in the shade. For so many years, mm -hmm. we did we did a lot of things, but like any other band, you know, in the empty rooms and empty uh, empty clubs and things like that. Mm -hmm. But we never gave up about that. We were just exhausted. So we stopped. But the music that had been widely spread on uh, a podcast and indie radio across North America since February, in French, among modern music style this we're recording in 2003 and 2005 and we're listening to that in 2023 as if it's yeah. fresh music yeah yeah this is why amazing amazing us the most is yeah. like people discover our music now this music that we put so much um uh, um uh, 
of us into it with yeah. that that will for that message you just summarized this evening. Well, that's why I'm thankful. Mm. Maybe it took 20 years before someone heard it. <laughs> no, I, I but it, it's it's you're more than welcome. And and believe me, I'm not done saying wonderful things about your music because we haven't even gotten into to other specific songs yet. But I I it's also such a testament to the truth of what you write that 20 years later, it's just as apropos as it was when you wrote it, you know, if yeah. not more so, you know, I mean, the world was, it is. And, and, and I mean, I really, um, what Solé Noir kind of seems to me to be is that one star that has not died that is showing you that there are still people out there. There is still connection out there. There are people who feel as you do and fear as you do. And I just, I love that everything that you write and the music that is embracing it is so, you're giving so much of yourselves. And I felt that, I did, I felt it. I felt, I felt when you were, you know, screaming i felt your rage and your frustration and when you were whispering i felt your fear and your urgency and when you were singing i was singing along with you and it's it's so beautiful to to find a band anywhere <laughs> that you know and it's why i love doing the show one of many reasons is that i get to do this a lot thankfully find bands where where they make me feel something and steam slicers leaps very much to mind too um i had a similar kind of experience in a different way with with Joel's music but you really have managed to make something that is very catchy and very radio friendly and very easy to see how it would be popular and successful without remotely having dumbed it down or pandered or you know cleaned it up or made it you know, too perfect or too sanitized where it wouldn't offend anybody or upset anybody or whatever. And you've done it with a didgeridoo. <laughs> and, 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 and are there clapsticks too? Or, or is it just a, is that a sound that you like? Yeah, sometimes there are clapsticks because it's the, it's the fundamental rhythmics of the original uh, people. And I mean, and I, I feel like I, every time I, and it's why I wanted to listen back too in part was that I had to I had to hear each song. It took me so long to prepare for this interview, Tom, because you know, you have twenty something songs that I was able to go through and I listened to them all probably two or three times. And because I, I want first of all, I wanted to make sure I was understanding the lyrics. Second of all, I wanted to make sure I was hearing the music and then I wanted to put it all together. And then there were just so many songs. You have things where you will just like ECIO, you have almost three minutes of complete silence at the end of that song. And I'm checking back and forth, you know, on my thing going, did my Spotify break? Like, but, but the, just the last second, then I was like, oh, okay, no, we are still here. But I understood, well, I think I understood that choice because you wanted to give us time to sit with what the album had just said, you know, and it did that. It did that, unless it was a mistake. <laughs> so it actually was a mistake at first, but for, for a very obvious reason, we did a CD. Okay. And on that CD, there was an extra video. You know, at that time, we would put some videos on the CDs? Yeah. And when I, when we were one of the first 
bands in France to go to a streaming platform at that time. Believe wow. Management, I think. Okay. So we were in the in the beginning in Europe of streaming platform. If only we were new at that time. Uh, what happened is that the 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 format of the song was Isaiah uh, plus the video, so it ended up being with the two two, min, two minutes of silence. Oh, but okay. when I when I figured out, I was like, man, this is perfect. This is exactly what it is about. So it was not intentional, but at the end of the day, it was. Perfect, perfect perfect time of silence which made us feel really complete about this one mm -hmm. so yeah that's what a yeah. happy accident though no and, yeah. and but, but you do have one sound at the very end now it, it's sort of like almost like it's like a you know an old tv turning off like that yeah. you know static and that's why i thought it was intentional too because it i needed some time at the end to to really sit with that you know because i mean you you've you've i mean i don't know i just i i i cannot overstate how much i love the music you know and 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 guys i mean you know just for for everyone watching you know i hear elements of rush again as i said chili peppers i hear rage against the machine i hear some weezer in places i do hear some paramore in places I hear, I hear so much that you guys I know love, um, but again, it's not like any of that. <laughs> and I, and I really, um, how does it feel? I mean, are you performing the these songs now again, or are you mo mainly focused on the new ones that you're working on? So short story, long, long short story, long story. That's what. That's long what story short, yeah. Long, long story, story short. short. <laughs> long story short. Uh, so we decided to reunite for good. I was in summer twenty twenty two. So I said to somebody, "Okay, I'm coming over. We're gonna rehearse for three days and see what happens." Okay. First of all, when we when we started that and we went on stage to rehearse, the first song we played, and then we stopped. We had all three of us. We had to sit down. It was too intense. Mm. What happened is that when we finished that first song, was that second Sam or the first song we did that day? I think it was Oker because it's it's a song that we played yeah. a lot at that time. Yeah, and we finished the song. Every everyone had to you know to put the guitar, the bass back, and then like what just happened? <sighs> wow. And okay. What we tell told each other is like, man, it's like we have just came back from that pose outside the <laughs> building and come back. It's been 14 years, but we feel like five minutes. Amazing. And amazing. we had no clue it would be like that. So it was very emotional in good way. It was very positive, but at the same time, we were like, what the fuck have we done yeah. in these past 12 years? We could have done yeah. so much. There was a bit of disappointment in a way, but we decided to go on and say, okay, let's do this. So we did two shows and we actually played pretty much all the songs but we didn't play the English song from Alternative. We wanted okay. to assume the French in that time. Yeah. Um, so I went back to Montreal. Then we we reflect about this. We talked about it and I said, okay, so are we back at it? That's well, obviously we're back at it. Yeah. So I, I came back this year on February. We did three of the shows in South of France. Right. And we, re we rehearsed for two days and we were able to go in the studio and record three new songs unbelievable that One that, is, that is i mean but it makes so much sense that 
you would be able to do that because I don't think that kind of a tether or a bond that you three have breaks. I just don't. And especially given the music that you made together when, you know, all those years, it's too personal. As you said, there's too much of each of you in it. And it's really, I mean, but what an incredible experience to come back after 14 years and pick up as if it was a week ago. That's remarkable. Really, really, that's what happened. And we didn't really practice on everything, but we kept it simple Mm. because we knew that we could not be as sharp as we were. It's just about practice. Sure, sure. But the way it ended up is like we really enjoyed the moment and we were really determined to to work hard and yeah. we had just a couple of days to prepare and we we did a good show we were happy with that that's very and you said so of the three there is one english song so guys yeah. <laughs> those of you watching in america who only speak english or whatever you have one song you can go and listen to coma that one's in english too i gotta ask you about that song dom because it's um and again always only what you're comfortable with because I sometimes I will ask a question and it's poking a bear that I don't realize I'm poking no, because I don't know the answer. That's a very, I mean, again, assuming my translation is correct, you know, you're writing a song from the perspective of someone who's in a coma, you know, yeah. watching their friends, watching their family. What makes you come up with a story like that, you know, and, yes. and, and why the decision to do it in English? Um, I think for that one, the music speaks to me as it would be English lyrics. Mm. And uh, I think I was more comfortable about talking to that in English, even if I don't think my, my English is very good on that song. It's uh, a bit of an interpretation of how, how I would have said that in French. It's not really oh, okay. very good English in some way. I'm not sure. I, I didn't I didn't notice anything like that. I didn't. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> um, It speaks about, uh, I think, I, I, I think I lost it about it, uh, a little bit about this era in a way. Uh, but Coma, it talks about uh, how I could feel sometimes. Mm. 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 Where you were, you desperately try to reach someone or some feeling, something, and you're not, and you feel like you're really out of your body and surrounding people mm. in the in the room. And mm. I would, I would consider myself as a person in the coma, just seeing the scene, like being speechless wow. and. Not, not being able to desperately say to people that you love them or that you hear or thing like that. So mm. I think that's how I, I, I thought about it when I wrote this song. Beautiful. No, I, I, I love the way you really are a poet, honestly. If you took your lyrics and you, you stripped the music away and you published them in a book, I would absolutely think you were a poet only and didn't and not also a musician you know what i mean and and it really um the metaphor you know like with the night watchman or being in a coma and again it's this this is what i mean by this these themes that you have of solitude and loneliness and and wanting to connect and wanting to communicate and dom i gotta tell you it is something that it is it is one of the great sadnesses of my life how many people I have wanted to be able to reach and connect with in different ways to save themselves, to save me, to save the relationship I was in with them, to, 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 to save them from making mistakes that I made or that I know they might be making. And not in some sense that I'm omniscient or that I'm wiser than anybody else. It's just, you know, just this idea mm-hmm. of, of wanting to connect 
And, you know, especially the last few years, just watching that disappear, disappear with so many people and people that I thought were foundational in my life, you know, that, that I don't even recognize anymore. And so it, it is, it is, it is part of why not everyone might react as viscerally to your music as I do. But I think if people are being honest with themselves, and especially if they, they go to the trouble of figuring out what the lyrics mean, um, I don't think there's a person that can't relate to what you're saying. You just say it a hell of a lot better than, than most of us do, <laughs> because it is, it's just so beautiful. And I mean, the, the imagery you know, that, that you, that you, that you paint with, with the, the words that you use. And, and in a way, I'm, I don't think that it would all be as perfect in English because there is something about a turn of phrase in French that is not, you cannot capture it in another language. It's just, do you know what I mean? So like, I, I, yeah. I, I just, I really, um, it's just, it's so beautiful and it's so moving. And I, I love that you three have the same level of emotion, making the music, playing the music, recording the music that I and other people have listening to it. To me, that tells me you've done everything you needed to correctly, everything that you needed to write, because it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't translate, <laughs> no pun intended, especially in another language, the way that it does if you weren't, if you weren't being so emotionally open, you know, and, and so many people don't do that even in their music, you know, so I really, I, I hope you recognize, because I've heard you criticize your singing, I've heard you criticize your English, I've heard you criticize, you know, other things, I haven't heard you say a lot of yeah. I haven't heard you say a lot of really nice things, which I think is part of why I'm 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 blasting you with them because you have to hear it. These are very these are really special songs. They really are, and I really really want everybody watching and listening to listen to them and and more than listen to to hear and pay attention to them. And you can do that lyrically, you can do that musically, you can do it as, as I did with both. And it may take you a couple times of listening, but it, it is, um, it's such a wonderful constellation of things that you've succeeded in this, this deep emotional well that you're pulling from and the beauty of the music and the lyrics that you have. And the fact that the stuff is just also really very fucking catchy, you know, <laughs> like it's not where I'm not sitting there, you know, feeling like I'm reading war and peace or whatever. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm getting a lot of meaning from it and I'm, I'm being very emotionally moved by it, but, but the songs are that, you know, like you get into them and you guys, and I, just to lighten it up a little bit for, for you and anybody watching, like you guys, you make some really cool choices in terms of switching up your 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 rhythms your tempos your you know almost your genre your 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 voicing and everything within the songs is that intended from the beginning or is that sort of just an outgrowth of because this seems to be that the music that you make is a very like organic process it kind of it comes as it comes so i don't imagine you're planning it because you said it's messy but like is there any thought of like oh and here we're going to completely switch this, you know, is, is there anything like that? Or you, that's just what, what happened. So that's the part of natural process. Like I would say probably every band, but, mm. uh, as we, sorry to be a bit negative again, but as we didn't think we were, uh, good musicians enough as individuals, we worked on those little details. Okay. That's what we did. Okay. 
we say, okay, I know I can do a big shredding guitar, or yeah. I know I can do those uh, triple things on the hit hat. Uh, I know I can do some slap bass. Yeah. But maybe what we can do is together switch some things, switch mm. things, and try mm. to reinforce just one little detail. And mm. this is going to make us better as sounding as a group, the band. Yeah. I, so those, I, those ones, part of them are intentional, yeah. I, I can't understand what frame of reference you guys were using that you didn't think you were good musicians <laughs> but it had to have been like you know it's like when Salieri watched Mozart or whatever and he's like oh I'm no good and Salieri was fine you know he just wasn't Mozart and I'm, I'm not I'm not overselling it obviously but I mean you know we can always find someone to compare ourselves to by which comparison we suffer right but you it know could have been worse. it could have been worse I could have you know cut one of my ears or something like that you know? right <laughs> exactly you can you could have gone to that level and you didn't you have both ears and I'm very proud of you for that you need them for your job so so okay just to just so that I because I, I would love to talk a little bit more granularly about some of the music you mentioned Oko which is what in the heart um yeah, the heart? Uh, for me Oka is like in your heart but it's a little like deep into something hmm. uh so this song talks about the uh, the forest, the, yeah. the, the bush, and it yeah. talks about uh, my connection with the bush, uh, with my adoption family in Australia. This is a place where I've uh, I've been one day, and I found a uh, land eagle feather, and it was just at the 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 let me say that uh, when you enter the forest, you at the limit before the trees. Are there. Okay, the clearing maybe. Yeah, just before being in the forest, the line of tree, the first okay. one, that feather was just there, and I, huh. I just took it and went back to see my adoption father, and he said, oh, you keep it, son, you keep it. This is very important for us. And it was, uh, it was a land eagle feather, and it's uh, it's very important in, in for that specific family. You know, there's a oh. lot of different uh, animals, something like that. that okay. But for this specific family, this one is very important. And the okay. fact that I found one was yeah. something quite crazy apparently I didn't know but I just bring a feather oh look I found this beautiful yeah. feather and, <laughs> and to like, me oh yeah and to me it talks about that it talks about okay. the uh, dig deep into the forest to be in the heart of the mother's mm. heartbeat mm -hmm. mother nature well that's mm -hmm. what it talked about yeah and it and okay. it's so it's so vivid too you know dancing around the fire and and again I, I, I apologize if my translations are off but the idea of sort of you know, remembering how it was in your childhood and this idea of kind of stripping away all of the artifice of being an adult and just letting go and being in the moment. And you, you have, um, the translation I came out with was the idea of composing tomorrows. And I don't know if that's what you said, but that's how I translated it. And if it isn't what you said, don't even tell me because I love the idea of that, that it's, it's, it's just this beauty of the idea of, you know, moving forward hand in hand and not being hurt, you know, not getting hurt, not getting wounded by life. And I just, it's great because it, it I figured, and I, this isn't my acting like I know more than I did, but just based on what I knew of you and your connection to, you know, Aboriginal culture and, 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 and your Australian family and everything like that, you know, it had that, like, let's just leave the world that we think we have behind and just go into the heart of the forest and find the heart of us in that forest and, and boil it all down and simplify it and just be. And, and 
for that to do as well as it did, I mean, that song was quite popular, right? I mean, that 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 song. Yeah, that's a song that, uh, well, popular, you know, in a way, uh, respectfully, like, uh, you know, uh, being in a band in the 90s in southeast of France, uh, uh, in a country that don't, does not really recognize young artists. So yeah. we were popular. We had the music on local radio, thing like that, so in the countryside. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one of the songs that people know us about. And, yeah, but uh, I mean, it, but it, it's it's great because I mean that that's a song where because the album starts and I'm not going to say it correctly. It it can't. I mean, is it Dunoch? Is it Dunuch? How do you pronounce the first? So Dunuch is uh, from uh, this Aboriginal family, and what you hear is Manima Nirigo Ganima It's it's a finishing dance from them, and they say, um, "I'm going home." Uh, I'm hungry for my home. I'm hungry mm -hmm. for my for my snow country because this particular family comes from the snowy mountains, the Blue Mountains in Southeast Australia. Okay. And Dunuch, Dunuch is actually this this little oh. owl. Oh, look that's Dunuch. Oh, okay, okay. So they open the album with one of their finishing dance, which is uh, uh, so. For us to begin with that uh, gift from them was mm. essential because it's where I came from to mm. meet myself mm. on the other side of the mother mm. and they guided us through those reasons finishing then I'm going home and beautiful. this That's is beautiful. how we invite people to go home with us. That's beautiful. No, and I, and I love that you moved from that directly into Oko because it's now that I know more about what Dunuch is about um, because again for, for those who haven't heard it yet it is you know kind of a chanting you know lots of percussion didgeridoo you know it's it's only about what half a minute long and then yeah. immediately we go into something that's you know pretty harder rock and then alt rock with all these harmonies and it it was a spot of you know it's nice because I think your albums just by nature musically make people wake up a little bit because you do have these little interstitials. You know, you have Danuch, you have, um, uh, uh, I can't, I, but baby, you, you, you do d dip into songs where they're only 30 seconds, 20 seconds, a minute long. And then the next song could be a completely different feel, you know, and you, you move from, Okoro, which is very, I mean, guys, the, the drumming, first of all, Nico is tremendous. I mean, you all are, but like it, certain songs you really notice, um, like um, Isiayor and, and I think Okoro, you notice the drumming a lot and it's just, um, he's so tight and it's so powerful, you know, and that you've got this really sort of beautiful, um, sweet message and you've got this this really kick-ass song behind it and i love that you know and i understand why it was popular i mean i understand you're putting that in its perspective but if you're being played anywhere i think most people watching this show would consider that a popular song you know people who are hoping to get a couple of streams on something so um and then revelator why don't we talk a little bit about that because that's um that's yeah. that song's got a lot going on. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is it my pronunciation or something else? Oh no, is that, I'm not sure. I'm gonna keep saying I have nothing to hide anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. No, okay. no, that's okay. 
it's a love story, you know. No, listen, only what you are comfortable with, Don. Uh, I'm, you, you I'm do, totally don't comfortable with that. Don't worry. I was just, I was just joking. About okay, it. okay, okay. I'm dying. Uh, that, that's a big deal for me. I never want anyone to be uncomfortable uh, on this show. So I am so proud of this song and the lyrics because, so uh, it was a a girl I was with at that time for a couple of months. She was a photographer. Okay. And she would do uh, live photography. So she would, you know catch the instant with those with those pictures and she's really good at it, you know? Mm, mm. And Revata is the, 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 the chemicals when you- The developer, right? The developer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's, there's a lot of double senses into that word, I think as Absolutely. usual as you can understand. And, right, so guys, and just to bring you in on this, the idea that it's developing like the chemical, the developer in in photography, but it can also mean like revealing something. So there's there's a lot of double meaning. And I I didn't I was like I'm, I don't think I'm misinterpreting this as developer, but the photography thing helps me um, a lot with that. So go on as you were <laughs> as you were so, saying. Yeah, and, and it talks about uh, uh, it's a it's a very it's a tribute to that person because I, I've been I've been so amazed by her work. And yeah. uh, I, I was really into her and things like that. You know, it's just a love story that did not end well, like so many. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wanted to 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 keep something about this story and put that in a song. And uh, that's what I did with the with that. It was really um, healing. It was a very healing okay. process to write this song. Okay. Uh, and I really enjoyed the uh, uh, the result. But I, I do think we're literally in the laboratory and developing those, developing that song mm. in a way. Yeah. And, no, and it's, and the lyrics are beautiful. And again, <laughs> I say this every time, but what I got the idea was that your, your balance was missing an atom. Is that roughly yeah. the, yeah. And, and, and it's such a great way because it's just one thing, you know, it's just one thing that's missing, but it, it, unbalances everything you know and i i loved that idea you know and and you know that the that the you know the the black suits her the night suits her you know it's just it's so your lyrics are so i know i keep repeating myself but they're so beautiful they're beautiful because you're you're also not just using beautiful language to say something meaningless you're using beautiful language to say something that's emotional and intense and important you know and and this idea that you know even and it's funny because you do talk about you know i'm i can try to convince you i can try to make this work but ultimately you know i'm just going to kind of accept it and i'm going to you know move on and i'm going to i'm going to be be free you know i'm going to be free but it didn't sound angry or bitter or, um, you know, because some songs will do that where they'll talk for the first, you know, two thirds of the song about like, oh, you know, I want you to be with me. And at the end, it's like, well, okay, fuck you. I don't want you anymore. And I didn't get that at all. And I mean, some of it, is, I think, you know, the idea that, you know, you put so much, there's so much romance and love and emotion in the lyrics, you know, your, your skin breaks me and haunts me. And, and like, it's just, it's like, you can feel that longing and that connection and that passion. And then the idea that you've just sort of accepted that, that Adam is never going to come into balance. It's never going to be the charge that it needs to be. And I, it's, I've never heard anyone 
express i mean there are a billion songs about relationships that fail as you said right but i've never heard one describe it like this and i you have such a gift lyrically dom you really do and i i um and also just hearing you say it in french is <laughs> we american ladies tend to to, to like uh, you know hearing french anyway but like but it's 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 really um you did honor her you know and and i wanted to know more about it at the end of it you know i was like oh because it's so beautiful. So, I mean, you were as happy with that, it sounds like, as I was. <laughs> but you're particularly proud of that one out of out of many of them. That's That sounds like it was one that you were especially proud of. At, at that specific time, because of the, the idea I had to reproduce the, uh, the process of a photography yeah. into a story and it could have been really, uh, you know, dumb and heavy and not, not particularly well done. And yeah. You know, you, you, you said that uh, you like the word that I use, the beautiful thing. And what I had in mind, I wanted to say that when you want to say something good, you need to use good words. Yeah. And there's yeah. a bit of work to put into that. Yes. And that's yes. that meaning, that thing, the essence of something is deserved that you sweat a little bit in the pepper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, no, it's, it. yeah, it, but not everybody can come up with it at the end of that work though you realize right it's yeah. it wasn't just a matter of effort that anybody could do like that 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 metaphor is is it could have been very simplistic and very as you said overdone you know the idea of developing it and it wasn't at all it was it was i think because you made it very scientific and very literal in some sense you know and it 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 really in that way kind of made it universal which i thought was just such a great choice but you should be proud of it. <laughs> well, I'm also proud that person bring that to me because that's a beautiful work and the yeah. person she is that bring that in the scene and make me able to do that. So that's why I'm not uh, uh, angry about it. Yeah. You know? yeah. You're yeah. sad, you, you move on like every young person that found it, oh, this is the one, but obviously it's not, you know, this, right. that's life, that's how it is. And right. you're gonna learn from that. But the fact that you actually carry a part of this person in that story, it's a gift from her. So mm. nobody should be angry about that. There's, there's a piece of any anybody you touch and anybody you met, anybody in your own story, which is so precious. So you, you should be always proud about this, Felix. As I said, he's a poet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, I appreciate that too, because I've always found it odd that people will be in love with someone or have a really close emotional bond of any kind with someone. And then when the relationship ends, it's like they have to hate them, you know? And it's like, I, I've never, that's never made sense to me. I mean, yeah, there are some relationships that clearly the person on the other end of it does not de deserve to, to, to move forward in your story with you on any level. But for the most part, unless something like that has happened, I, I feel as you do, you know, that, we can take what we have been given as gifts from those people, even if we're not taking them with us, you know, it's mm -hmm. a part of them that's intertwined with a part of us. And, you know, and I mean, I I've said for, for years that every single relationship, significant romantic relationship I ever had, save one taught me music that is crucial to my life now, you know, and if even all somebody teaches you by being with them is music, all you know you, you've gotten something from them because it, it does you know that changes the alchemy of who you are so i love that you captured that so 
then I mean you you get into and I don't know is it mean or mines the next mines. song mines okay I was this, like I don't think means means anything but okay yeah <laughs> so, this is a song that yeah this is a song that talks about uh, personal mines those mines uh, that the uh, military would put the landmines everywhere yeah. and landmines and so many kids would jump on those mines and and yeah. at the time we worked those that song um, uh, the tree. Unfortunately, the trick until you don't want to sign the world agreement to end up those those horrors where unfortunately America, Russia and China and I was a little bit uh, worried when we started to to spread the music in North America that people would yeah. end up finding this song and being very uh, offended by that and but I specifically speak about this topic, which is landmines and this is an awful Yes. human creation that yes. that should never be there and in the 60s or even way before second world war those things have been in fields and yeah mutilating people and what happened in vietnam in the in the 60s and 70s all the kids were jumping on those landmine in the field in the rice fields and then it's been iraq afghanistan and now it's ukraine and thing you know what it's about destruction there's so much genius and it's very scary Mm. And th that little song is just a, uh, an angry moment where we don't agree with that commitment. Yeah. Such a beautiful country with so many people in it can do this. It's just, I don't understand. So yeah. this is the song at that point, talk about it. We don't play this song anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, think, uh, I, I can I can understand why. I mean, it it shouldn't be a controversial topic, you know, mm. keeping keeping people from being blown up by landmines. I mean, that that should be pretty much a hundred percent agreed that that's a bad thing. But you know, people will get bent out of shape over all sorts of things now. But I, I mean, you really, I mean, that was the angriest I had heard you on the mm. album to that point, you know. And and I think that you. Um, you know, I get it. I get why. So you, you don't sing it anymore. You guys don't play it anymore. We can move on. But I'm, I'm just, for this album, at least, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about each song. Mm -hmm. So, um, so then, okay, good. <laughs> so then you move into Tout ce que l'on sait, right? Oh, it's that's everything we know or all we know. Um, that's, uh, um, I think it's Tout va trop vite after Mines. Is it? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but those, those sentences are similar. So it's not easy for, Okay, well, that's another one that I love. Everything goes too fast. But, oh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because it, it's um, that one is another one that that song reminded me. Are you guys fans of Alice in Chains at all? So I'm not a deep fan of Alice in Chains, but because uh, I don't know very well everything at that time we okay. talk about. Right. But then right. I moved to Canada. I was finally able to have. Uh, visual to lyrics. I spent time in college, so I was more comfortable with English. And okay. you know, I mean, if you haven't sit in front of the MTV Unplugged Alison Chain, you you have seen nothing in your life. You know? Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that that was the first time I got any kind of Alison Chains vibe. I had, as I said, had more of like a Rage Against the Machine, even some Linkin Park stuff like that. But this song is. Um, it's it's very of the time, I think. Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. It's got that feel. It's slower. It's sludgier, you know. And then you and 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 Nico come in hard, you know. And and 
you've got the effect on the the vocals and and you know again more rage and and i just loved the way that you segged from something that was harder like that into these very harmonious it almost reminds me of like 90s rush kind of vibe you know this very wide open um but intricate still with the musicality and and i i think that that that's another song that i don't know that i would i don't know if i would call it angry but it well no i would call it angry because it's <laughs> the more I'm, the more i'm thinking about it, this is this is the most i think wake up call song it's a very political song but right it talks about uh again the the lack of democracy in our in our modern eras yes. and uh and that song is still on point when we talk about when you think of the french government nowadays this song is still on point so unfortunately mm -hmm. there's still a, a lot of road ahead to being able to get those things balanced back but uh yeah too bad it speaks about uh <sighs> How can I say that? There's a lot. It's a very complex song. There's a lot of uh, uh, complex a lot words of, and lyrics and double yes. sense and yes. But it talks. Uh, it said that again, uh, a little bit like Circonsem in a way, which is the connection to uh, the, this new era. It, freedom comes with right, but mostly with duties. Hmm. And when we tend to forget about the duties, this is when the mess starts and when we losing it not even realizing that we're losing right. part of our freedom i'm not talking about materialistic freedom i'm no. talking about this essence of freedom which is there's self-respect with respecting others there's room for everyone there's inclusion yes and everything is having bread on the table and roof over the head this is how should democracy be and well we're missing it obviously no, I, 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 I think, I mean, a lot of the album is political, you know, and, and, but again, not, I, I'm glad that you said what you said, because, you know, saying something is political could mean a bunch of different things at this point, you know, now, and it's, it's, it's political, but not divisive, you know, it's actually supposed to be the opposite of being divisive. It's supposed to, it, as you said, very eloquently just now, you know, remind us that we are actually all connected and that we, we, we can have the illusion of happiness or the illusion of freedom or the illusion of peace, but you know, we're losing ourselves and what we're trading off for those in, you know, those conveniences. And I, and I think that you, again, it, it creeps me out a little bit that this is 20 years old, right. And it's still so relevant because, you know, even just that idea of, you know, nobody expects anything from anyone anymore, you know, and it, it's, it's so true now, you know, that people, eh, you know, whatever, you can go behind, a, you know, a, a keyboard and decimate someone online and nobody will blink twice at it because that's just what you do. You know, you can, you can have people who are, who are throwing each other under the bus, so to speak, and it, nobody blinks anymore. It's like we, you know, go in yeah. and, and shoot up a school and nobody pays attention. You know, I mean, like it's, it's astounding yeah. to me what we don't pay attention to and care about. <laughs> anymore um as a society and and i think that you it's brave that you are um it shouldn't be but it's brave that you're willing to to put this stuff into music because and i think in that way too you don't just remind me of rage against the machine musically you remind me of them you know in terms of that 
very um, hyper aware, sociopolitical kind. Of, I mean, that's a very smart band. A lot of people don't realize it, but um, you know, they they you know they, they they have a lot to say, and they and they they do. But I mean, it is polarizing, right? So I mean, when you when you wrote that, you know, was that something that you did play out? Was it something that you only played out sometimes? Were you worried about backlash? Oh, no, not at all. No, no, no. We played it wide and loud. Okay. We still play this song. Okay. Of course, it's still on point. I mean, there's still yeah. people still need to know that they actually have self-guidance within themselves. They don't need the guidance from others. Yeah. It's important to listen to each other. We're talking about connection, about compassion, love, honesty, uh, the will to share, the will to to uh, break the bread in pieces for everyone. But <laughs> when we think of democracy, we have this false sense of we need guidance from others. This is absolutely not true. Mm. We need, first of all, to light up this self-ability that makes us being able to act as one piece of the society. Mm. And this is not in the political agenda. No. No way. It's important to understand this. You don't have to be deep into politics, but you have to be deep into yourself in order not to be uh, uh, washed by those false sense of mm. oh, with others you don't exist well it, it sounds like you're you know it's this idea of following a moral compass you know rather than an artificial one and and i think that that's you know again you 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 do dive into different versions of that with different songs and i mean obviously unfortunately because you you do have such a, a large catalog relative to you know a lot of other musicians you know we can't do each song but like i guess to, to ask a weird question then how did you go from that to a song about bigfoot and sasquatch <laughs> like how how where did and and how do you pronounce that is it do Googla, Dooglagla, how do you say, and what, what is that, and what's going on with that one? Dalaga. Dalaga, Dalaga is, yeah, uh, I was not going to get that right. <laughs> Dalaga is Aboriginal word for Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Okay. And, uh, Dalaga is uh, a mythical creature, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a connection that they see this uh, hairy missing link between <laughs> animals and human beings yeah. in the bush, and you see that in the Rocky Mountains in North America, but they, there's something Tibetan Himalaya, and there's obviously one name for that in Aboriginal Australian language, Dalaga. And the person you hear on that specific uh, little post is yeah. uh, uh, my late uh, uh, Uncle Chuck, who is uh, uh, my adoption brother, uh, my adoption dad brother. Okay. And uh, they both passed away years ago, but oh, uh, this is uh, just a piece of what happened in Australia. We were just sitting in that uh, little kitchen, black tea, no mm. sugar, no milk, and we mm -hmm. were just talking about a lot of things and asking, oh, Uncle Chuck, can I record you? And <laughs> would you agree to to just, you know, speak up about the delegacy? Sure. And he's got this very loud, deep voice. And yes. And very I sonorous. Was, I yeah. thought it was perfect. It was the perfect voice to speak about this. And yeah. uh, I wanted to go from that extreme of political craziness to that extreme very personal. of yeah. personal thing. Very, very yeah. uh, 
very fragile moment, but at the same time talking about the for maybe those people a nonsense topic, but for us something it's more we want meaningful. to rely on. See, okay. This missing link, and that it's a cliche in a way, but this missing link is talking about what missing in our system mm. that mm. makes me be uh, not understand what we should do instead of what we do right now because there's a missing link and maybe that, that's why those those hairy guys show up time to time to remind yeah. us that hey you're missing it <laughs> you're missing it no it's see it's but this is what i mean though dom that you're i'm i i you know it's 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 I'm sorry, I'm like, my brain is a thousand miles a minute just, just integrating all of this information. But like this, this experience of only knowing a gloss about certain things, you know, the didgeridoo is okay. Yeah, you know, it's an Australian thing and it's the Outback Steakhouse commercial or, you know, Bigfoot and he's in the woods and it's this sort of laughable thing here. And the idea that when you actually step outside of what you know, and you listen to what other people think about these same things and what these things mean to other people who know far more about them than you do, how much more meaningful they are, you know, because it didn't make sense to me that you would, you would do something silly, but all I knew about Bigfoot and Sasquatch is like, okay, you know, it's like the Loch Ness monster, you know, it's this thing and nobody, but, but that makes a ton of sense to me. And, you know, now I, I this idea of just being in that kitchen, you know, and just having this really personal conversation and, and and memorializing that it was so smart that you got that on tape because absolutely if you had told me that was some you know famous voice actor or whatever i would have believed it because that's quite a voice you know and i i just i i really i love that you can jump and and really it's not a jump then when you've told me that because you know it tuva trovi is also talking in a way about missing link and you know this uh, what we're not connecting to and what we're not aware of and what we're not choosing to change you know and what you don't choose to change you accept right so it that that's i see this is why i mean like i, I could talk to you for like three days and not get all of it but let me let me let me just in the interest of time because i know it's also you know you've had a very long day but is there a song of of the bands that you consider to be your 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 favorite one that means the most to you one that you're you know especially proud of or that you really enjoy playing i mean i know we talked about revelator a little bit in that sense but like of the ones maybe that we we haven't talked about or even if we have you know is there is there one that like if you could tell everybody okay if you're going to start listening to sole noir this is a song i want you to listen to first is do you have one of those yeah I do. Uh, when we stopped uh, with the band, when we paused, so it was just after releasing the EP, there was mm. four songs on it, as uh, mm -hmm. obviously, but there was one more song we recorded. And this song is Circonsem. This song was never released. We kept it. I remember at that time we only had two days of studio because you know how expensive it can be. So oh, yeah. <laughs> as coming from Mother's family, we would prepare so much, so we were. When we would go to studio, there was no improvisation. Everything was we mm. were there. We called one, two, three. Let's go. First track, second wow. track. Okay. That. I mean, actually, last February we recorded three songs in one day and a half. Everything. <sighs> so because we were prepared for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you um, were ready to go. But Amazing. not because we want to be prepared, because we don't have choice but to be prepared. <laughs> right. Well, but you know what, though, that if if you're going to rally, um, you know, and 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 come together at a time like studio time is the time you want to do it. So, okay, right. so that makes sense to me because sequence, and I'll let you finish, but sequence is is a, a 2008 song, but released in 2023 and i was trying to figure out did you just re-record it but then i couldn't find it, it like it, it, so that makes a lot, okay so it was meant to be on the on ecio and was not was it that was just not, you, you ran it was out of time meant to be. oh it this was is, not, oh i'm sorry i thought you said there were supposed to be five songs on there so there was not supposed to be five songs, but when we went to record the songs i asked nico when he was finishing the drum track please do so concept it was not finished at that time Okay. And I, Nico was very uncomfortable for doing that, I, I, and I begged him to please do one, one try, please try, yeah, yeah, one try, two try. Well, he did that in two tries, and it was a, a, a song we did not practice. And uh, <laughs> the the break at the end of the song is totally improvised. Oh my god! And we built the song around it, so we recorded all the music uh, and the lyrics. But for Circumstance, we just recorded the music at that time. Oh wow! Then when we decided to take a break with the band i knew this song was still here my yeah. lyrics were ready yeah. so i went back i went back to see our sound engineer yannick who, who is the sound engineer we work with in studio by the way we still work with him he's actually Amazing. In France working on mastering the three new songs oh that's wonderful it's a crazy story well that's another thing we talked about when we released the songs maybe <laughs> uh but anyway uh so he did it nico recorded it and then we when we when we decided to pause i said okay i want to finish this good i need to go record those lyrics mm. so i went to see yannick and i asked him can, can i song this song and can i sing that and you can record it say sure we're gonna do it so we finished the concept and then i moved to canada wow and when we decided to reunit just before that I found out that we still have access to those uh, uh, streaming platforms. Yeah. The, the, the agreement we signed in 2007 was still here. I don't know why. Wow. So I just logged in and the backstage thing from Believe was still available. Uh, so You're kidding. Okay, well, let's let's put this song on. <laughs> and this is what happened. And after that, the song was next to the EP on streaming platforms. Yeah. And uh, so to me, it was... Fantastic missing link. So <laughs> there you go. I was about, there you go. I was about to connect from that old story, the pause, and then to that new era. And Circumstance put us back into it. Amazing. And we we had never played that live until last last year. When right, right, you did your your little not little, but you did your 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 mini tour. Yeah. yeah. So that it's was a, the first time you ever played it live was when you had reunited after the, fourteen years. And we literally freaked out when we played this song live. It is so powerful. We had no clue. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as a live song, there's a very shitty video on YouTube. You can go have a, have a look. There's two two songs on it. It's uh, I think there's two Batrovit. Uh, no, uh, Atom. No, yeah, at Atom and Seconsem. And right. if you go, if you don't want to listen to the first one, you go straight. The song is awful, but I invite you to go watch it just about the the energy the power that gets out of the three of us because we yeah. had no clue yeah. and we were really shaken when we finished the set because it, yeah. did you did you ever thought about this song as such yeah. a powerful tool on stage yeah. and we didn't know 
So to me, the concept is a fantastic connection about the past and the present, but in a way that represents us the best, we really want to be on stage. Mm-hmm. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. We're begging for stage. Mm-hmm. I don't care creating 20 other songs. Put me on a tour on the boat or put me on the on the truck in the desert and yeah. let's go to all those remote communities like Midnight All Did in the 80s. We want to yeah. play. Yeah. That's all we want. Yeah. And this song is 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 it's crazy good to play. I love playing this song. It's so I, powerful. That that I that I think I think every musician watching and listening to this knows that feeling, I hope at least, of just when something like that, whatever their version of it is, happens where you just go, and you're sort of surprised by what you as a solo musician or what your duo or your band can do. And I love that you, there's all these synchronicities in what you're talking about, right? You know, that that the that the the lyrics that you wrote 20 years ago or more are are still relevant and 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 just as unfortunately applicable today and that you know you guys could go you know more than a decade without being together and come back and just be right where you were and then discover what you're doing now from playing something that was the last thing you wrote before that hiatus but you're back like it that, that, it's just it, this is like a movie, Dom. Like it's like it's like a movie that somebody would write. It's just you know, the, and then like at the end, you guys are on stage, like yeah, you know, and then there's like a freeze frame in the credit. Like I love that you must have been so excited to to feel that first thing on the first time playing that song live, considering that it was the last thing you guys had made. That's amazing. And you, and, and you know what was more exciting is that three days before that, I just had my appendix removed. <laughs> Oh my God! Did you have to make it like a more interesting story? I don't think you did. But wait, so I you... went to France in February. We studied Rias. We did the first show. Oh my then God. I suddenly start to feel weird. So and oh you know no. uh, we talked uh, offline, but you know I'm uh, although I do work as a health professional, so I right. knew exactly what was happening. Was, yeah. Oh my! Okay, here we go. I'm in France. I don't live in France anymore. I don't have insurance anymore. I have nothing. Yeah. I need to go to the ER and say, well, I think I'm going to go uh, to have surgery today. And I was kicked out the the hospital the day after because I was okay and they needed room. And two hours after that, I was rehearsing. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. And we, God. Had, we had another two rehearses the two days after and a photo shoot on the Saturday morning. And then we played the Saturday evening. That's why I would like you to have a look at this little video, which is yeah. sitting with the sun, but you will see that I don't look like I've just had my appendix removed. And the-, the All lit two, up, yeah. So the, the day after is a Sunday, and this is when, when we recorded the three new songs. <laughs> wow. All right, I guys. Say, I must say, uh, <laughs> I, must say uh, <laughs> I must say that when I went back to Canada, I, I crashed. But uh, <laughs> I mean, God, I would hope so. Otherwise, I'd have to wonder if you were actually Batman and you just weren't telling us, you know. <laughs> like, that, you know, when you when you hear the Blues Brothers say we're on the mission, see, that's how I felt that day. I said, "There's no way I'm not gonna do those shows. Yeah. There's no way I'm not gonna record yeah. those songs. I'm here. I'm gonna just, you know." shake it up and let's go and that's what we did and that was nice i i I can't i can't okay i mean i i i I really i wish i had twice as much time with you but just before we begin to wrap up tell us more about 
these three new songs, when can we expect them, you know, and how are you guys going to handle touring on this considering that you are not all in France anymore? Like how, what's your, what's your plan there? When, mm. What is the future of Soleil Noir looking like? So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to find the proper words for that. Let's talk about the songs if you, if you want first. Sure. Uh, so there are three new songs coming. They are in the process of being mastered right now. Right. As I speak, I'm connecting with Yadik, the sound engineer, from distance, and we work on live sessions from distance, and we work on, okay. on those songs. So the songs are nearly ready. Uh, okay. We're not really sure how we're going to release it, when exactly. I think we're going to release one first, before the end of this year. Okay. I wanted to talk to the English song, because uh, I wanted to write one song in English, especially because we were so, so much welcomed by North America, and English-speaking countries with our French songs that I wanted to give back. Aww. So that's why I wrote this song in English. This song is called Be Loud, Be Real. And it talks about uh, uh, our reunion. And I'm just going to say a couple of lyrics. Uh, it starts with back at it, we're shaking it up. Took us a while to make it happen because we were mice apart and broken. Now we're mm -hmm. taking it back, taking back control, taking you back home. We're walking to the stage. Uh, uh, and we're delighted. We told you, uh, I'm forgetting it right now, but <laughs> it says about we're so happy to be back on stage. Yeah. Be loud, be real is like being back on stage. That's back great. At it. That's so great. It's a short song, quite okay. fugazi influenced style. Oh, okay. And uh, then we got two other songs. One is called On Tolère, and I think it makes the link with Tout va trop vite on ce concept. Okay. Uh, and another one is called Chinou, home, yeah. where we are. And it yeah. talks about the, the, the city we grew up, where we come from, Saint Raphael, in the southeast of France. This actually, when we take our official pictures, there's that, those big mountains behind us. This is that country. It's it's okay. a French Riviera, so it's really nearby the Mediterranean Sea. But there's all of these rocky mountains, kind of Colorado style yeah. things. Yeah. And uh, this is uh, what it is about. It's, this song, uh, uh, Chinou, is a little bit more pop song. Okay. Kind of Kind of a change, but we didn't really think about it. It's just the way it ended up. And uh, it's probably going to be the first song we're going to release uh, uh, as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, and about touring issues. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, I can talk about it, but uh, uh, we're not allowed to. But uh, we're going to we're gonna probably hear from uh, some uh, news uh, before the end of the year. Not okay. From, uh, not from us from uh, some people we would be working with. Uh, okay. All and, right. Uh, you, you, you'd say no more. This is, this is, we're, we're tantalized and you are tantalizing us with the idea of big news, big things coming soon for Soleil Noir. So make sure that over the next couple months, you keep an extra close eye on their social media because apparently some info is going to drop that we can't, we're not at liberty to discuss right now. We do not have the freedom the personal freedom down to discuss it right now but i'm i'm hoping it's a good thing it sounds like it is but we we, we won't talk yeah, about it, it definitely is it will be a, a another way to uh to try other things at other levels okay uh, okay yeah. okay all right so we know before the end of the year we will have some new music new mu Hopefully. and i mean how amazing is that that you know you're 15 years out and you're making new music and it's already been recorded yeah <laughs> 
three, three, three new songs, and we're working on the uh, six other songs right now. Ah. I'm actually going back to France end of October to spend three weeks, so we're going to rehearse for those next three weeks. And Jeez, we'll see what 2024 will bring us. Okay. I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait. Dom, you and I are going to have to have separate conversations about the other half of your of your catalog, but um, since you, as I said, you had a long day, um, I will take you to, as you may know, the end of every episode, we have a segment we call In the Vox Seat. And I have asked every single musician who has been on this show the same five questions. So I'm going to ask you the, the five questions now and uh, we will see how it goes because the last question is um, more political than anything that you've even talked about in this episode tonight. So we'll get there. But the first question is, and I'm not sure how you will do this because I certainly couldn't, but if you had to sum up Sole Noir's music in five words or less, what words would you choose? And they can be French or English, and I'll do my best to <laughs> try and understand them if they're in French. But you have to summarize your music. That can be individual words, it can be a phrase, it can be a sentence, whatever you like. Uh, humility, fundamentals, connection, compassion, and love. Wow. Okay. I'm not speechless often, but that <laughs> that did it because um, that was really quick, but really perfect too. It's re and compassion, especially, is a great word. Um, and the humility, you know, you guys are. I mean, I don't know how Sub and, and Nico are, but I imagine since you oh, guys they never stop showing off. It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Spoken like a true brother. But uh, no, you got you guys clearly. I, I, I hope at some point I get to meet them. Um, maybe next year when, you know, you've got nine new songs out or whatever, you you come back and, and we'll, we'll talk about those and I can get to meet meet the guys. But uh, perfect choice of words. Absolutely perfect. I can add absolutely nothing to that. So I will I will move to the next question, which is what is your I think I might know, but what is your favorite thing about being a musician? No, you didn't know. I don't know. Being alive. Okay. I did not know. I was going to say connection. I was going to yeah. say connecting with people, but okay. You said being alive. Yeah. Now, do you mean literally just being alive or that it makes you feel alive or both or something else entirely? It makes me being alive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, and, and I it that that dovetails with me the idea that what you really want to do is you guys want to be on stage playing, you know, because if you can light up like that when you just got out of surgery a couple days before, <laughs> you know, on the average tour, you're you're probably uh, even even more alive. So okay, but now the flip side question is, what is your least favorite thing about being a musician, if you have one? Um, having to be somehow part of a system mm -hmm. to try to exist to not being part of the system. Mm -hmm. Well, that's profound. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that's a tricky thing too, because it's, it's, I mean, there's, a, there's so much controversy about, you know, how do you get yourself heard and get yourself known, but not, you know, subject yourself to, being a cog in the machine. So I, I could, for you especially, 
given your lyrics and and your your really just your your view on life, I can imagine that's a difficult line to balance on for you. So, um, okay. I mean, we're part of it like everybody else, so we cannot uh, speed on those things. Right. Uh, like being honest, but uh, we all know that it's not the solution. Yeah. It's not the way it should be, and I don't see that as a a long-term story uh, the way mm. the music industry is working right now because uh, I don't think we are in the same pattern of mm. uh, music conception anymore as well. I think it's already a, a bit obsolete uh, the way the industry sees music. No mm. Mm. Maybe that time again indie community is gonna show and lead the way like it always yeah. did in the past you know until it was retaken from us right and just made into this corporate machine now i i think everyone in the chat is going fuck yeah at this point because <laughs> that's kind of the whole thing is just you know look at the power that you know this particular group of musicians has had in getting themselves and each other heard just in this year you know i mean it's it's astounding what everyone working together and working together connected and selflessly like you've been saying, look at what look at what you all have done. So, um, okay, this we have not really gone near it. So I'm curious what your answer will be. Um, if you could only listen to one album for the rest of your life, just one, which album would you choose and why? Super Unknown from Some Garden. Okay, all right. So tell me the why besides the fact that it's a great album. Because there's nothing wrong in that album. Mm -hmm. You can dig into that. Tirelessly, you would not find any hmm. single second that is not worth it. And no matter if you like this music style or not, hmm. it's just perfection to me is super unknown from some guy. Okay. I, it, you know, I can't argue with you either. You've, it's funny, like I just, I, I feel like I usually, I, I extend these things more just with the answers and I'm like, no, you've said everything there's a i could just talk and not add anything to it so okay dom well, you ask up to wrap it up so <laughs> <laughs> oh well i hope that's not it but no no but i mean okay so no but it's it's really you you're you're you 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 say a lot with not too much too which is uh which is a skill believe me i do not possess that skill whatsoever i say a lot without saying much most of the time but okay so we have talked about your journey as a band we've talked about your journey as a musician and meeting your brothers and life and politics and personal experience and connection and all of this stuff and we come to the final question which is of such intelligence i can't even begin to convey it to you but uh here it is because this question has divided the indie community. You are all about connection, and this question is a divisive one, but um, you will either gain or lose fans no matter what you say here, so just be honest, okay? Your toilet paper roll, okay? When you put the toilet paper on the little holder, does the toilet paper come from over the top, or do you pull it out from under the bottom, and why? So I like my toilet paper to fall because it's like begging for me to catch him. <laughs> On the other side, it's like he's trying to climb, Ooh. like like Ooh. climb against itself, and it's it's freaking me out. So I like to have this falling. 
I have to say, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on the ball, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, this may be my favorite rationale for an answer since JD from Death Pigeon said that he does not want the back of the toilet paper touching the wall because bugs could crawl on it. And then he apologized to the spider community, which is. Uh, very on brand for JD being an incredible person and very thoughtful, oh, yes, but is. this is right up there for me. Um, the idea that it is, it is like a lover just, you know, reaching, beckoning out to you versus some creepy fucking thing that's crawling up onto itself yeah. and freaking you out. Sim I love it. Sim simple as that. <laughs> I, Dom, even Dom from Jamsteak, who is the first and die hard of the under army as they call it even he may not be able to argue with that one dom i don't know can you you probably can you probably can freaky things is very happy right now um but yes so we you join an illustrious group a very large group of over people um so thank you for for brightening up the whole rationale bit of that because um i don't think i'm ever going to look at a roll of toilet paper the same now thank you very much and that if anything, summarizes Solenoir for me because you do make me see things that you share, that you convey, that you play, that you communicate, and just the emotions that you convey in a completely different way. You know, I, I really, I hope it's clear to you from what I've said. And if it's not, I'm going to keep trying. Um, what a fan I am and how much I love your music. And, and I really, I'm so so happy that you three are back together you're meant to be together and making music and making new music and i cannot wait to hear what you have done now with 20 years more life in each of you and behind each of you um i'm excited for it when you release it will you please tag me or somehow let me know because facebook won't show me and i don't want to miss it I'm um, sorry, Christina, you don't get it. You didn't understand that you're going to be one of the people that spotted us since day one that's going to have listened to it before every others. I'm excited. We, okay. We, 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 we're going to send those songs to uh, uh, all the people that have spotted us since February, and they will be listening to it before it's released. I am honored, honored, and doing a little happy dance. I'm doing a little happy dance. You saw my little happy dance. That would be amazing, and I, I would in, I would guard that with my heart, but I just, I can't wait because I, I really, I am just, where you guys were when you wrote what you wrote and made what you made, and now knowing what having a couple of decades of life does to your worldview and your ability to access your own emotions i i can't imagine how fucking fantastic this is going to be so i can't wait and thank you so much for that and thank you for being on this show and for talking to me and please tell sob and nico that you know i'm sorry that we missed them but we'll i'm sure we'll meet at some point and and the the four of us can sit around and, and talk about how great your music is uh, i'll pass on the message and i think they would be so happy to meet you and being more often part of this amazing community. I want to thank everybody uh, around the world that have been spotting us in the past six months. It's been quite a crazy journey. You pushed us in the right direction, all of us. I want to, I want to say hi to all the bands that we've been interacting with since February and mm. all the podcasters, the indie radio DJs that are all in the same game, connecting, like you said, and trying to push ourselves in the best way possible just to live the thing 
and this is precious what's happening and uh, we're part of it and everyone that wants to join is welcome that's the beauty of it ah oh, i love this man i do dom really you're i can't i'm just gonna end it there because i can't say anything better than what he just said thank you so much for what you said thank you for being here thank you for the music thank you for putting yourself into it and sharing it with us and thank you guys for watching another boxing guest we'll see you next time bye